Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. And here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Jody. How you doing? Hello, Paul. How are you? Uh, doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. I am fantastic too this reason. And you want to know why? Yes. You want to know why? Yes, I am anxious because, to hear why you're doing fantastic. We are, and, and Star Wars fans rejoice. We got news yesterday that Tamura Morrison, and those of you who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about, and those of you don't, don't care, has been cast as Boba Fett in season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, baby! We're getting <laughs> Boba Fett back in the Star Wars universe. And anybody who wants to Google or go on Twitter and watch that classic Patton Oswald rant from Parks and Rec from a few years back, uh, it, it, it's amazing news. It's great. So I am fantastic today. Thanks for asking. Oh, that that is awesome. And I know that <laughs> my buddy Jody – You didn't jo- come here for Star Wars, but you're getting it anyway. Yeah, I know my buddy Jody is a huge Star Wars fan because I remember – was it last year? There was a post on Facebook of his of your forearm. Yes, my right forearm. I and, got myself and, tattooed. And maybe we'll do a repost of that if Jody is gracious enough to do that on the Financial Dads page. It was, oh, sure. It's no a, problem. It is a work of art. It is a work of art. It I, is, I say, am grateful to the tattoo artist for doing it, yeah. That is very cool. It's, it's the Millennium Falcon. It's the closest I'll ever get. I am a, I am a Han Solo fan. I was never much into the whole Jedi and everything else. To me, Star Wars is all about Han, Chewie, and a Millennium Falcon. Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. Chewie here tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. Yes, indeed. If it's a fast. The closest I'll ever come to getting my own Falcon is putting one on my arm. So that's what I did. <laughs> uh, that was very cool. That was very cool. So, um, yeah, I, my my fandom for Star Wars, I remember, you know, you remember a few things in your life. I do remember my father and my uncle taking me to see the first Star Wars in the theater. Um, and, and I think that for me, I I think I was a fan. I mean, I'm still a fan, but not diehard fan. Honestly, I uh, hope that doesn't break the relationship, Jody. No, um, no but no. Uh, I I no, forget. No. You know, I kind of forget where I lost track of the series. Um, but as everyone knows now, in the last several years, I've become a huge Marvel and DC fan. So things turn around, right? You never know, right? So, uh, but uh, I know everyone tuned in not to hear about uh, Star Wars and and DC comics and. Marvel, but you're getting it anyway. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I guess we'll jump in. Uh, today's topic is planning for finan- for summer financially in the midst of the coronavirus. What to do, and how do you pay for it, and how do you pivot from your plans that you might have had? Uh, but first, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. So the first news story uh, is from the International Business Times in their business section. The headline is coronavirus economy, are Americans piling up credit card debt during pandemic? And we talked about managing credit cards last week and talking about paying down your debt. And sure enough, this story is is front and center, uh, dated uh, 5-4. And they talk about some of the key points of credit card debt topped $1 trillion last year, with average balances nearly $8,400 per household. And 9% of credit card holders say they aren't able to make payments on their balance. And another interesting stat was millennials and those living in the West were more likely to have credit card debt resulting from the coronavirus pandemic than older Americans or those from other geographic areas. So very interesting article, very timely article. 
kind of reinforces the need to have a plan to handle that credit card debt. Jody, what's your what's your take when it comes to this story? Yeah, these stats are staggering, um, almost as staggering as the new unemployment numbers that came out this week. And it belies a real problem, I think, that we have both as as a society in managing debt and as individuals who try to manage their debt. And um, we all know these are tough times. We all know that people may have been thrown the biggest curveball, financial curveball they've ever been thrown, and they're flat on their backs and they don't know what to do. That's fine. We understand that. We also understand that some for some people, when it comes down to, hey, I've got no income, no way to pay my bills, a credit card might be the only way that they feel they can do that. And that's okay, too. We talk about not spending on credit cards, but if you've got to do it to buy food for your kids, then you've got to do it. But, Paul, you said it right. Okay, as you're swiping that credit card, you also have to come up with a plan. You got to come up with a plan to make some money. You got to come up with a plan to pay that credit card off, however long it takes. But you you can't stand still. You got to get moving on it. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And for those of you who missed last week's part, podcast and you're in this situation, please listen back. Uh, that's the purpose of us having these individual episodes. They're very topical topic based so you could go and, and select what episode you need to kind of refresh yourself with and and over time we'll probably repeat some of these topics as times change especially during covid and and everything you're going through so uh, give a listen to last week's podcast and and you might get some tricks and tips on how you'd be able to uh, chop away at that credit card debt um, the second news story uh, that we have is from the new york times and what's great is my wife shelly usually will send me these um, from time to time. She'll find an article and she'll send me a simple email to say, hey, this might be something you guys could use. And thank you, Shelly, for that. Um, and this Woo-hoo. is an interesting one. Uh, New York Times, uh, Times Insider, how our personal finance writers are adjusting their spending. So this is an article by Ron Lieber, uh, the Your Money columnist, and Tara Siegel Barnard, a personal finance reporter for the Times. And they share their best advice in their own financial strategies. Um, what I picked away at the highest level from this article was, you know, the big boost in refinancing. If you have the uh, time and you and it's worth your while to do so, and the numbers work, it's a great time to refinance. Um, also, from a hygiene perspective, car insurance, home insurance, etc., could be a good time to ask for discounts if your car isn't moving um, a lot. Maybe there's a way to lower your insurance. I've noticed that some Companies are automatically proactively giving people discounts back and giving people money back. Um, and also, I think that, um, you know, from a, you know, getting back to the refinance perspective, I think it could be a good opportunity to do that. But once again, the numbers have to work. Um, so, Jody, what was your take on this uh, article? Yeah, good article here, worth a read. Uh, I was drilling down on one thing that uh, Lieber said in here. Uh, and he said he's trying to give good advice to people who are suddenly without income. This goes back to the other story about credit cards too, Paul. And he writes that for the people who still have income but are themselves worried for their own reasons, the advice that we've stood by is, quote, don't just do something, stand there. They feel like the world is swirling around them and they need to do something, and more often than not, the right thing to do is just stop and wait, take a deep breath, and see what happens. Um, I'm yes and no on that. (laughs) Um, yeah, you do need to take a deep breath. 
you know, and, and, and there's this saying that when the world starts getting chaotic around you, the best thing you can do is slow everything down, right, to make a good decision. Totally agreed with that. Um, to, I would say take – I would modify that advice and say take a pause, but then put your plan together and get moving uh, and make sure that um, you've got that plan and then you put that plan into action. Whenever that plan takes off, whenever it gets rolling, but you got to get moving forward uh, as quick as you can. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, being sedentary, if that maybe that's the word that jumped into my head when you were talking, Jody, um, is not healthy and probably not making a decision, not acting. If the, if the problem is there, it's just going to probably exacerbate the issue and the problem is going to get worse while you're standing there. So I have to agree with you. I would kind of take that advice with a little bit of grain of salt. Um, it is interesting because in the midst of all these different things, and the, the article touches upon it, there's a lot of people having a hard time getting uh, their unemployment benefits, which is interesting. A lot of people pay, you know, everyone pays in to get those benefits, and, and it's frustrating that you can't get access to them quickly. Um, the other thing that is very interesting is all the all the bankruptcies that seem to be taking place in the past several weeks, Gold's Gym. J. Crew, there's a number of them, big names, Neiman Marcus, um, that are that are taking a nosedive. But yet, um, as of yesterday, the, the the stock market was flying. I think it might be hitting new highs, if that's the right word, or it's got to be darn close. I don't know, Jody. What's your take when it comes to kind of this whole? Uh, that's maybe that's because um, maybe that's why I'm not a, a financial advisor. I'm more of a personal finance person. Um, I, I have a hard time comprehending and understanding how these different factors produce the results that they do financially. Let's let's so let's recap what you just said, Paul. The stock market is flying. Big companies and big banks uh, are getting their uh, stimulus money and their bailouts and individual people are struggling to get anything. Hmm, sounds like we've talked about this before. We might Sounds have. like we've been here before. Sounds like we knew that this is exactly what was going to happen with this uh, pathetic federal administration that we have down in Washington. Um, bailouts for the millionaires, billionaires, and big corporations, uh, and a good old screw you for the middle class. Yep, that's exactly what we said was going to happen. Yeah, it, it's interesting times, and we've we've talked about this on other podcasts, and and I've had these conversations with with other friends as well, Jody. And I, I always go back to the same mantra: I, I don't get incredibly political, and my goal is to try to insulate myself as best I can from these different. Oh, there goes the uh, garage door. So I think my uh, my wife and daughter are back from Mickey D's. Uh, All right, I think that's what they wanted. I can uh, smell it from here. Yeah, well, I'm. A, I just finished my my uh, exercise, my spin biking this morning, so I will not be partaking in any of that. But uh, but See, you'll I, probably I spin bike be so I can eat that. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you'll probably hear the garage door again. So, like I said, this comes back down to our authenticity. We are authentic here. Um, so anyway, uh, I lost my train of thought. Let me jump back on. Um, yeah, yeah I try I, to insulate I myself. What you're saying about not being political, Paul. I, I, I come down on. Uh, we're we're in a place now where we've got to we've got to choose some action here. You've got to choose what you believe in. And, well, I do, uh, and yeah. I think my action continues to be to insulate myself as best I can from the outside and from the street, as they call it. Um, but I also want to do what I can, and, and, and Jody, you know I work with some, some various 
charities and stuff like that. So I've been oh, actively yeah. uh, engaged with uh, with my charity of choice on a number of projects uh, that I'm trying to kind of push forward. So I, I am trying to do that when I have time in the middle of my work and everything else. But the reality is for me, um, I have to kind of self-sustain because I, I ranted on this on another podcast. We are going to get out of this at some point because history dictates that. And we will be holding the bag for a pile of debt that will be so oppressive you won't even be able to breathe and, and let's put a fine our, point on it our, our kids taxes, won't be able to breathe our real our estate taxes are be paying for it. sales taxes our kids me my kids grandkids this is a unprecedented exercise that is going to just ruin lives financially and if you're not taking the bull by the horns and trying to protect yourself which we talk about in these podcasts budgeting savings willpower um all these things we've talked about so jody i i agree with you um you know that you know we are in very challenging times um my mantra has always been um it's going to be very hard for us to make an overall difference so we have to make do with what we have and try to work it within the family to try to make sure that we keep our family as safe as possible. That includes financials. That includes financials. I'll let you kind of jump in on that, Jody, and have the last word. Totally agreed, Paul. And and um, it comes down to this concept of before you can help anybody else, you got to help yourself. That's not a selfish perspective, right? What you were describing and what I believe in too. You got to make you got you got to make sure you got your own house in order first. You take care of yourself. You make sure that you're not a problem that gets foisted on anybody else. Then you're good. And then you can also extend yourself and you can go out and you help some other people. And I think if we all did that way, you know, that's that that's that whole we don't need you know one one million dollar donation. We need a million one dollar donations. Um, we all got to take care of ourselves, and then we got to extend a little bit of help to the person next door. If we do that, we'll be in good shape. You're right. Very cool. Very cool. So I guess we'll go on to our weekly topic, which is planning for summer financially. What to do and how to do it and how do you pay for it and how do you pivot during this coronavirus uh, crisis that we're in. Um, my current situation, um, I think my kids are going to have a tough time this summer, uh, quite frankly. Um, they're used to going to certain places for vacation. They're used to going to certain places to spend their days uh, for summer camp, sleepaway camp, etc. Um, traditionally, um, in, in our household, we try to do the best we can. And it's no secret, my wife and I, we, we both work outside the home. Well, now we work in the home, but we technically work outside the home when it used to be called outside the home. We used to actually go to an office. Um, but we do both work. And, and one of the things that we've always said was uh, when it comes to kids' birthday parties or it comes to kids' summer camp, we try to do all we can. We don't go over the top to sacrifice our own family's financial viability. So we don't spend, you know, $25,000 for sleepaway camp for, you know, for our kids. And I could tell you that there are families out there that are spending that for summer camp, uh, sleepaway camp, eight weeks, $15,000, $20,000. Um, that's never going to be us. Uh, it's never in our budget, but it would also be 
to me, uh, a blatant disregard for, for, for money and, and respect for money. Although maybe if we had it, it's all relative, right? Maybe the $25,000 for summer camp is, is, is not a big deal to others. But in this household, it is, Jody. So This getting, one too, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> so getting back to that, a lot of our summer stuff was prepaid. Uh, we put deposits down for sleepaway camp for my son. We put, uh, we paid in full for day camp for my daughter. Um, you know, the family vacation, eh, we talked about this on a previous podcast. We'd like to go to Vermont every year. We have not booked it. And if you listen back to a podcast maybe four weeks ago, Jody, we talked about this. And we both said, eh, you know what? Put the deposits down. Now it's becoming more clear that summer vacation might not be there. Right, so we have to be cognizant of that and aware of that. So I still have not put any deposits down for our trip to Vermont. If if we happen to break out of this somehow and it becomes a viable option to go to Vermont uh, with social distancing and whatever comes into play, we'll do it then. There's no rush to do it. Uh, so right now we've been reluctant to book any of these things, and I have a list of everything that I've prepaid that I'm tracking very closely to make sure that I get my arms around it at the appropriate time, whether it was uh, tickets to go to a concert during the summer or vacation plans or summer camp and deposits and stuff, everything I've already laid out for, I'm keeping track of so I can kind of roll it up into, you know, into one view so I could track it very, very closely and follow up with those vendors for refunds or for credits, whatever's needful, and we'll work that out. The other thing that I've been focused on is prepping the house for a very long summer. And we've talked about this on other podcasts. I brought a new hammock. We have a little propane fire pit, new covers for the furniture and the gas grill, clean the gas grill. Um, we bought a new cornhole game for the backyard. Um, and then as I talked about at the top of the podcast, uh, I also have my fitness regimen back on track. I have a spin bike that I'm pretty happy with. Uh, so all in all, I think I'm kind of taking two paths with it. I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll be able to do some stuff this summer. I'm watching the money that's already been laid out, and I'm watching the budgets closely. And I'm preparing to hunker down in the home because this could be a summer of you know staycation. And that might be the theme. Jody, what's your current situation when it comes to summer and what you're thinking about? And Because I know you have – you're like me. You have re- – it's almost your family vacation to Maine every year is almost like a religion in your household, right? It's tradition. <laughs> it's religion. I, I, I am not envious. I am not jealous, but I am very um, – I admire it from afar because I think you guys do an awesome job. I follow the entire journey on Facebook usually, everything from Bob's Clam Hut to, to the whole nine, which I do love Bob's. Um, and uh, so I want to hear a little bit more about your current situation. Well, we're actually, that's the very nice to you to say, Paula. And I, I guess I have to do a little read up on your summer vacations in, in Vermont. <laughs> we don't post a lot. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually I'll, I'll throw it out there. So, but yeah, we have fun with it. I, our Vermont, I'll let you, so our Vermont trip, we go to uh, Smuggler's Notch in Vermont. We've been going for several years. The kids love it. Uh, I'm not plugging them by any means, but if they hear this and want to give me a $50 coupon towards my next day, I'll, I'll be appreciative. Four pools, three restaurants on-prem, bonfires at night, hiking, uh, Segway rides, there's a fun zone, there's all kinds of things and things to do with the kids, and we've tried to switch the vacation 
for the past two years to different locales. And my kids always come back to us and say, nope, we want to go back to Vermont. My son is 16 and my daughter's nine. And both of them love going to Vermont. So Jody, I'll let you jump back into your your story. I just wanted to give my little recap. Yeah, it, and and your your family and our family, I think, in this respect, really mirror each other. We're we're almost identical in that way. Um, we typically t- take that that summer beach vacation every year to Maine. Um, we had a, uh, some additional, more elaborate plans this year that'll probably going to be canceled, and I and I won't let them out of the bag. Uh, we're trying to keep it a surprise for the kids. Um, but also things that we were looking forward to like baseball and summer camp are also probably canceled. We haven't got the official word on that, but you know, I'm 99% on those. Um, and these are things that we all just got to roll with, you know, as dads, as parents, um, we gotta say, okay, these things are going to be canceled and sort of break the news gently to the kids and, and get them used to, I think that's priority one is sort of get them reacclimated to what this summer is going to look like um, and that some of the activities that they might have been looking forward to uh, are, are not going to happen and, and that's a big big job um, but that said you know just because plans are canceled doesn't mean that kids summer is canceled and we really have to see this through the eyes of our kids um, they are still going to have a summer. And in fact, some of them might even feel like they're already in summer because school has been canceled. Yeah, they're doing, you know, Google uh, classroom stuff each day. My kids are younger than than yours, Paul. Um, And so they're not, you know, doing things that are as academically rigorous. Um, And and they're certainly not going to spend the summer in front of screens playing, you know, Xbox and PS4, which I'm all, you know, I love, but you, you can't do eight hours a day on that for an entire summer. Um, and so, you know, we've got to come up as dads and as parents, we got to come up with things, um, to, to reinvigorate this summer and still make it fun. And that means outside having a good time, uh, doing things in the backyard, Paul, I'm doing similar things in the backyard to what you're doing to sort of prep the backyard up, uh, and, and make that an oasis where they can have a good time, basketball hoop and, uh, we got a zip line and, you know, I'm, I'm handy around the house. So I'll go out and I'll, I'll grab some pallets from some, uh, some garbage dumpsters and I'll, and I'll break those down and, and make some obstacle courses and stuff like that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll grab some things and buy some things. You mentioned cornhole. Uh, I'm thinking of an outdoor movie projector or something like that. And for all these things, by the way, we're at, we're either doing, um, you know, low cost or no cost, right? We and and when it's low cost or even when it's a little bit of an investment, we're dipping into a a savings account that we have, you know, emergency fund money that we put aside. Um, and not that this is an extraordinary emergency, but it is something. It de- it's it's defined as an emergency because it's unplanned, right? And, and I would say that this is the time that you would want to dip ever so lightly into your emergency fund. Um, even though it's not a medical emergency or the car breaks down or that type of or the, there's a hole in the roof kind of an emergency. Um, this is an emergency for your kids, right? This is an emergency for them to help them have the best summer that they can have uh, and to enjoy it. And and let me take a step back from everything that I'm saying too, saying this all, this whole conversation sounds extraordinarily privileged, making sure that the kids have a good summer when there are some people out there who can't eat. Um uh, but but every as you have said, Paul, you know, personal finance is always personal. Uh, personal emergencies are always personal too, uh, and so 
in our given situation, um, here's the situation that we're uh, trying to work around. Here's how we're going to plan for it. Here's how we're going to pay for it. Um, and here's how we're going to not go into debt to do it. Yep. All that makes sense. And, you know, thankful and grateful. Same boat. I should probably reiterate that. Uh, thankful and grateful for, for what I have. Um, the, the word that popped out to me during your uh your your conversation uh, was super dad zipline in the backyard. Oh my gosh, I can't have my kids hear this. That is we've great. Had that, we've had that for about four years, and I put it up every year. We have a I string it across the width of the backyard. There's a couple of big old trees, um, and I don't like big old trees too close to the house, but I'll keep these two because they're terrific anchors for this zipline. And it's about I guess it's about ninety feet, maybe <laughs> less than awesome. that. That's so cool. Um, it's cool. I want to go on it, but it's not strong enough to hold me. <laughs> it's definitely a kid zipline. <laughs> no, that's very cool. We have a play set in the backyard my daughter still loves to use. I'm going to try to refurbish that this summer. I have everything. That's the procrastination in me. I have two gallons of stain and a bunch of new fix-ups, a new plastic telescope and new plastic steering wheel and, and all these things for it that I just never got around to doing. So I got a feeling this summer I'll be able to do that. So I love that term oasis. That was very cool. Um, and, and you're right. This this is kind of – it is what it is. We've talked about that on previous podcasts, and it's just going to be a summer of it is what it is. We're, we're going to have to be uh, cognizant of that and, and try to work through. Um, you know, For us, uh, crafts, board games, those types of things we're revisiting. It's funny. Um, the So my Julia, we probably should have named her Julie uh, because she really reminds me of Julie from The Love Boat. daughter is very very um on point with activities so she has us very busy on the weekends outside basketball then family photo shoot then cornhole cornhole then let's eat outside um you know to the point where sometimes um i think she's got gotten the wrong family the poor the poor girl because when you mentioned xbox all summer in your room uh, and, and you can't do that, uh, don't mention that in front of my boy because all, him and his friends, they could probably do that all summer. They could just oh, well, be locked well, up in our the daughter, room. Our daughter is into it too. She just got into Fortnite this week on her Switch Lite. Um, but I think the main reason she got into it was that because she has a friend who was also playing. So it's that – it's and this is the amazing thing to me about the technology now. I mean, Paul, when you and I were growing up, we all went over – if somebody had a game console – we all went over to you know the Atari or the Intellivision or whatever we had, you know, deep cuts here. We all went over to that guy's house and we sat down and we played. We passed the controller back and forth. Now they all have to go home to their own houses yep. in order to log on and sit on their headset and talk to each other. Yep. And and in the world that we're in now with coronavirus, that's the only way that they can really talk to each other. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because I had an Atari. Uh, I won mine in a school raffle. Woo! Which was amazing because I was never going to get one anyway. Uh, my parents would, you know, they just um, just wasn't in their budget. Uh, but I, I actually won one and I used it for a long time. But everyone I think had, I had a friend in the neighborhood who had uh, Atari, Intellivision, and ColecoVision. This is the arcade experience. We're ColecoVision. We bring the arcade experience home. He had all three, which was amazing. And You're I remember I used house. to go to the back of the TV and have to switch the cables. And man, like you talk about the hub where people would just go to this kid's house to hang out. 
Um, it was great. A dear friend of mine, and uh, he had all the toys. He had all the toys. Uh, but I guess, you know, every once in a while you hit upon that, right? So I think, um, you know, we'll jump into the discussion topics, which we gleaned a, uh, on a bunch of these already. But we'll start and kind of formally go through them. So the first one we'll focus on is deposits, right? These deposits for vacation and summer camps. What do you do? Do you hold on to them? When do you action trying to get them back? Is there recourse if something happens, etc.? I think from my vantage point, this goes back to what I've talked about on previous episodes, the warranty of the credit card. Um, even if you've put deposits down, I believe, as early as you know six months prior, um, you have the ability to go back in time with a credit card and dispute that charge. Don't hold me to it, Jody. You'd have to investigate it with each one of your credit card providers. But I'm pretty sure there's recourse. And the credit card companies can flex their muscle uh, with these different folks. Now, you don't want it to get to that. What I'm trying to do in my mind is all these deposits that have taken place. And there's two major ones for me. And one is the is the, 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 the sleepaway camp for my son and the day camp for my daughter. And hopefully, um, we've already started to hear from one of them that you know they're already starting to talk about refunds and how that'll work, um, potentially, right? So I think everyone is still sitting and waiting and hoping and praying that we'll be able to have some semblance of a summer camp, of a sleepaway camp. I don't know how realistic it is, but for me... Um, I'm trying to monitor and track those deposits very closely, and I'll have to deal with them as they come. I guess worst case scenario is whoever you put the deposit down with goes bankrupt and they go out of business. What do you do? Right. I think that's another conversation for it is what it is. Um, do you try to get all that money back and claw it back now and, and, and stomp your feet and try to be the first one to get your money back from some of these providers? Quite frankly, Jody, I don't know. What's what's your take when it comes to deposits for these, you know, for whether it's vacation or summer camp? Yeah, there's this is there's a whole lot of gray here, and I think we could probably do a whole episode just on this topic because I think every scenario has got its own set of variables. So, but let's just try to talk through a few of them. Um, you know, my my broad brush sense here is if you're dealing with a large corporation. Um, you should, and you're not going to use that service this month, this year, whether that's that summer camp or go on that vacation or whatever, you should probably try to get your money back. Um, and, and just, and just pull it back and, and hold it and reapply it when you can in the future. Um, if it's a small kind of local thing, I mean, we have like a YMCA here where the kids go to some, some, uh, day camps, uh, and we have another local, uh, day camp thing that that my son does um those are small mom and pop kind of operations and i'm more inclined to let that money sit and just see what happens with it um because if i and everybody else pulls our money out of them they could go out flat just for that reason and i don't really want to create that right um a large corporation should be able to figure out how to how to balance their their books. And when I talk about a large corporation, I'm talking about a cruise line. I'm talking about a giant vacation place. Uh, they should be able to figure that out. They've got accountants and, and stuff like that. They should be able to, to do that. So um, so I would I would balance based on how small of an operation you're dealing with, and also base it on um, what you can afford to lose. Right? Uh, you've got you've got to also um, uh, square up with the reality that if you let these deposits sit, you may not get the thing you paid for and you may not get that money back. Are you okay with that? 
If you're okay with that, fine. If you're not, then you should probably act to get that money back as quickly as possible. Yeah, it, it's a tough call, and I'm on the fence. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of waiting it out a little while longer. Um, and it's funny you mentioned these big companies. Um, it seems like a lot of them are right on the edge. Um, you know, uh, airlines and cruise lines, and you know they can't even weather six months or I mean six weeks. Of being... Oh my gosh! Don't talk to me about airlines. Air- airlines don't have money, really. <laughs> it's very interesting the way all these things work, you know. So, but that's probably for another podcast. So, uh, yeah, I I agree with you. I think uh, I'm I'm still holding hope that maybe something will happen. Um, the sleepaway camp is looking at maybe virtualizing the camp, which may not be a bad alternative. Uh, so I'm doesn't trying... that defeat the purpose of sleepaway camp? <laughs> well, this is where it comes into play, right? So I'll, I'll dive into this a little bit, right? My son's been going forever. He loves the camp. He he's a CIT there, and uh, they do a great job. Um, this is gonna this is hitting this camp particularly hard because their whole profitability is the summer camp, right? That's what their bread and butter. So we've put deposits down. And they haven't usually by this time in May they 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 claw all the money out of the accounts to you know, they 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 take the second payment in full. Um, they're not doing that. Uh, the person who runs the camp, once again, mom and pop operation, uh, has been keeping everyone abreast of what's going on. My hope is that the reasonableness will kick in. So if if they're able to do a Zoom camp, and my son can get online and take classes Monday through Friday during the day. The hope is that that should be a lower cost than sleepaway camp. It should be a lower cost of manning and renting and et cetera. And, and the hope is that whatever I've put down on the deposits should be able to start, you know, should be able to cover a reasonable summer camp experience virtually. Um, you know, it, it's a technology summer camp. So it's it's geared for this, right, where they could code online and this and that. So I'm confident in that. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, my daughter's camp is with a local YMCA, and they've already started to proactively uh, tell people to not worry. We, we're watching this closely. Um, when the timing is right, we'll refund the money. Um, you know, So they're already starting to work through those different scenarios, right? They're already starting to keep people abreast on those. And maybe that's because you know that particular camp has you know a good – a good base of savings, right? They weren't living on the edge, right? Between donations and everything else, that particular YMCA is just doing pretty well, right? In terms of they've always managed their money well, so they're able to weather the storm for six weeks where other companies just can't. Um, so so it'll be an interesting um, an interesting take on, on how things will, will play out. So I think the next topic is around getting the backyard ready for a long summer budget-wise and financially. So, so Jody, we talked about this at the top of the, of the podcast and a little bit during, um, during our little um, current situation updates. Um, anything to add when it comes to kind of getting the backyard ready? Yeah, I think just the main thing you want to do is um, if you need to extend and, and sort of spend some money you wouldn't plan on spe- spending, um, 
just make sure you have a plan to pay for it all, whether you cash flow it, whether you uh, go in, dip into your savings or your emergency fund to do that if you have one, um, or if you do buy something uh, minimally on a credit card, have a plan to pay it off. Um, don't just go zipping a whole bunch of charges on there and saying, hey, it's for my kids, and turn around you know, 30 days from now and have a $1,500 hole drilled in your credit card. Um, that's just not the way to go about it. Um, so don't don't use the quote unquote emergency situation as an excuse to spend money that you don't have. Yeah, very well put. I didn't even think about that. And the word that jumps out to me uh, in my mind was emotion. Don't make that emotional purchase. Yeah, um, it's easy. It's easy to do here, right? Because you're doing this for your kids. You're like, oh, I really need this for my kids, but. Uh. Yeah, you know, try to figure, try to figure, and 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 look, I'm I'm handy, and this is the example that I use. I'm handy, so so I understand that some people are not, but I mentioned this before. I run around and I grab pallets from garbage dumpsters. It's free wood, right? And I bring it home and I pull all the nails out of it and I cut it down and I make these little backyard obstacles, these little ninja courses that you see on on YouTube. Just Google kids ninja course. You'll come up with a gajillion videos Um, and you can build these little obstacle courses uh, and the kids can help you. Uh, All you need is the free wood, a box of screws and a drill and maybe a saw to cut it into the shapes you need. Um, And then the kid, you can go out with your kids. You can buy a quart of paint you know, for $6 or $10 or whatever it costs you. And they can paint the thing there, whatever color they want. You can put all this stuff around the backyard and boom, you're off to the races. That's very cool. Yeah. Once again, I can't let my kids listen to this podcast because I'll be knee deep in building a ninja course in my backyard. I built a a teeter totter uh, (laughs) last year, year before. Um, it was basically like, it was a little platform with a, with a long board. I did have to go out and buy the long board at, at the, you know, the hardware store because mm-hmm. we didn't, we couldn't find the long board that you needed. It's like, you know, it's like an eight foot, 10 foot board. Um, but it's basically like a teeter totter, but instead of sitting on it and, you know, going, you know, back like a seesaw up and down, it's meant to run up the one side, it flips, you know, the, the weight flips and then you run down the other side. Oh, wow. um, and then you. And then you can pull that you can pull that long board off, and it's just it's just an obstacle that you can jump over. Um, so it kind of does double duty. But I want to build a few more of those minus the teeter totter piece um, to make some more obstacle type of things. Uh, and we'll paint it all crazy colors. We'll paint it blue and pink and red and whatever the heck they want to paint it. Oh, that's um, very cool. And I'm sure the kids participate in in that activity as well. They're helping you paint, helping dad. The girl especially. The girl needs the, it to be the color she wants it to be. <laughs> That's so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, we, right we now I got that. a lime green one sitting in the backyard. I have that in my garage too a little bit. I'm not as handy as you, but I, I have now an, I have a, um, I have an Alexa Echo device in my, in my garage to listen to music because I'm spending a, a little bit more time down there at the workbench. Not quite like you, Jody, but um, I, do, I do do a little bit of handiness here and there. Um, I had to do a little repair this week, not to get off topic, but um, the screen door closer uh, went bad on, on, on my back screen door. So I ordered a new one uh, via Amazon and they shipped it to me and I replaced it and it worked out fine. I felt like I did something huge, um, <laughs> but I realized that's small potatoes, but it was a little bit great in the middle of the week to kind of say, okay, I'm going to fix this. I didn't have to call. I didn't have to call the guy. I was able to you know, fix it myself. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, and for those of you that don't have a backyard um, to kind of you're an apartment, um, you know, we're going along the same lines, right? Budgeting for being isolated 
I'm going to say the word isolated, um, quarantined, whatever you want to call it. Um, maybe it's not backyard stuff. Maybe it's board games. Maybe it's stocking up on on different arts and craft supplies. Um, puzzles, puzzles. Puzzles. Oh, yeah. Puzzles are big. My uh, The puzzles are big. So, And a lot of these are available, can be delivered. You could do it within budget, etc. So I think there's a lot of good stuff that could be had. Um, for no cost, low cost, etc. So I think there's a lot of good stuff there. The family walk, man, that is probably the 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 uh, the no cost uh, most fun thing that we do is to take that family walk. It's hard to get the whole family sometimes to go, uh, but if the weather's nice and we get going, uh, maybe it's a family bike ride, it's a family walk, anything to kind of get us out. So I know we've been um, once again thankful, grateful. We, to some of you, we might sound uh, that we're, uh, like you said, I think you used the word elitist or whatever, Jody, in terms of, well, we have our backyard and we're putting our blah, 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 blah. But no, no, no. I mean, thankful, grateful always comes to mind, uh, you know. And so for us, um, you could do a lot of these activities, indoors, outdoors, low cost, no cost kind of thing, right? So to your point, just make sure the budgets are on point. Tap into the emergency fund a little bit as needful, uh, but just really try to watch the numbers. That's the key. Which, which comes down to make a list, checking it twice. Similar to Christmas, that's the next discussion topic. I talked about it before, and that is make that list. Any money you've laid out so far, um, put that in uh, down on paper or virtual paper. Uh, get that budget together. Keep it all in one location so you know where your money's going. So, Jody, I think we, we probably sound pretty much like a broken record when it comes to this, but documenting your finances, whether you're keeping a list of deposits or doing those summer budgets, just an essential key to, to financial health, uh, especially for the family. What's your take when it comes to uh, making the list, checking it twice in the budgets? Yeah, you're not going to get through this summer without a strong budget. Um, whatever your financial situation may be, um, whether you are, um, you know, not, nothing's really changed like our financial situation is. I mean, we're still employed. We still have money uh, where we can pay our bills and we can do what we need to do. Um, or you're completely unemployed and you're staring down what feels like the barrel of a gun. Um, you're not going to get through this summer without a plan. So if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a written budget, make it now. Make it today. Turn off the TV tonight and make it to tonight. Um, and then look at it. Um, you know, get everybody in the household, even the kids, get everybody to agree to it. Here's what we got to do in order to have fun. And 90% of getting people on board, I find, Paul, you probably do too, at least in business, 90% of getting people on board is how you present the challenge. Um, here's what we're going to do to have a good time this summer. Here's what we're going to do to make this summer the best summer it can be, right? We may not be going on that vacation. We may not be going and doing that thing that you were looking forward to doing this summer because of X and Y and Z. Um, but, but here's what we're going to do to have a good time, and here's how we, we all need to pitch into this. Um, and the budget is no exception to that because if, if you veer off the road, you know, things are, things are tight enough for many people as it is. If you veer off that road this summer, man, you're going to find yourself in a hole come fall. Yeah, it's very interesting. The silver lining in all of this is that there may be a lower cost summer overall. So for some of you that have been chronic spenders when it came comes to summer vacations or spending outside your means and stuff, um, 
taking away that ability might put a little more money in your pocket. Uh, probably not the best way to kind of put that, but there is some silver lining truth to that. So, you know, if you get some of that savings, take some of those savings, split it between some upgrades, board games, backyard fix-ups, whatever that is, and try to save some of that other money uh, for, for a rainy day. So I think with that, we'll jump into the summary recap. And, and for me, the, the one thing that I'm just going to, you know, make your home, your home life as comfy as possible because you may be at home for quite some time for the next, um, well, you know, several months, whatever that is, right? Let's hope not, but um, if that's the We case, can't see the end. I mean, the point is we can't see the end, right? So to your point, we got we to gotta do what we got to do for now until it changes. Yep, absolutely. And anything else to add to the recap, Jody? Yeah, I just I want to go back to what we said at the top, Paul, which is, you know, as as unsure or as unplanned or as maybe disappointing potentially that this summer might be in terms of your plans and what you wanted to do and how you thought things were going to go. Uh, remember to see this whole thing through your kids eyes and do what you everything you can do. And you said it, Paul, you know, make things comfy, right? Make things as fun for your kids as you can, because summer is all about the kid in all of us, right? And summer, I mean, you you remember great summers, Paul. I remember great summers, whether it's vacations. But, but what you really remember, what I remember, is are the friends, right? The stuff that you did, not necessarily the places that you went or the things that you had, but it was the experiences. It's what summer meant. And that's why summer is probably the ro most romanticized of all the seasons, right? You get to do those things that stick with you the rest of your life. So do everything you can to make this summer as memorable for your kids, as fun for your kids, as exciting for your kids as you possibly can. And look, we're parents. Um, we volunteered for this job, right? Um, as challenging it, as it may be, um, we got to buck up and we got to come up with new ideas and new ways for them to have those experiences that are going to stick with them for the rest of their lives. And if we nail this one um, well enough, um, they'll look back and they won't even remember it was different. Jody, very well said. Very well said. Uh, you know, once again, uh, I love your recaps. Uh, it puts a fine point. On, on this uh, podcast. And so, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. Thank you.